Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. Well, hi there. Welcome to this week's episode. And this week, Lee and I are talking all about Christmas. Uh, But before we get to that, just want to let you know that if you're thinking about booking facilitation with us for 2021, we are giving you a 20% discount if you pre-book before the 1st of December. Uh, You can just go to our website, www.thinking.church. Click the buy now button. It will take you through to our booking page. And there, if you use the the offer code pre-book 2021, that will get you 20% off. And uh, that's what we'd love to do is to help you figure out where you're going, your mission, your vision, your strategy. We can help you with your governance. Uh, We can help you think through your leadership pipeline, your discipleship pathway, all those kind of things and so much more. Uh, And if you want to have a call with us uh, before you do that as well, uh, we can go through a free consultation call with you. You can book that in on our website. Uh, Again, just go to www.thinking.church. Okay, so this week's episode, Lee and I are talking all about Christmas. And it seems a bit odd to be talking about Christmas, seeing as we are a few months out. But in 2020, I think it's more important than ever that we are planning carefully, planning ahead, and that we are thinking about how we are going to run our Christmas program. Now, the hard thing is, is that where we're currently recording this, I'm I'm recording this in the beginning of September, and we don't know what the lockdown restrictions are going to be like uh, in December 2020. So let alone what it's going to be like you know, moving forward, we, we don't know what it's going to be like at Christmas. So that means that it's a little bit different for planning because you don't know where the venue is going to be. You don't know whether it's going to have to be online or elsewhere. So we get into that and how you can still do a lot of planning and you can get a lot of stuff done and actually you can be really well planned. So this is Lee and my conversation all about Christmas. Okie dokie. Well, we are we're recording, and today, Lee, we are well. It, at this moment in time, we are recording in August, and we are going to talk about Christmas. Yes, even though it's the middle of the summer, let's let's talk Christmas. And Although what, I'm already I'm already pretty jaded by it as a as as a, as a topic of season from uh, my my past of having to do lots and lots of Christmas campaigns by Easter uh in the kind of like more corporate settings and uh but you know it creeps up even though it's the same time every year so you're you're sort of a a, a year-round christmas grinch then is that is that is that the thing well yeah yeah so, so some would say that I'm, I'm all right with the humbug it's it's uh have you got green furry skin i'm not i'm i'm not quite that bad not quite that bad <laughs> Well, but for someone for someone who doesn't like how early the shops start stocking stuff for Christmas, there is an irony that we're talking about it in August. 
Yes. How so for you? What's an acceptable time to talk about Christmas? What an acceptable time to talk, start talking about Christmas or doing my shopping? I think are two separate things. So when, just, when, just, the, when the yeah when the shops should start stocking stuff? Probably about the twenty third of December. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, but for you to start thinking about Christmas, when would you be happy to start thinking about Christmas? Um, like all, all all joking aside and about whether I'm actually the Grinch or not look there are things on the church calendar that don't move like yes. we should not be surprised by Christmas yet there are many churches who every year it approaches not quite an afterthought thing but that actually the adequate amount of time to plan for it and do it justice honestly we need to start doing much earlier I, I genuinely believe that when you are putting together your calendar, and let's face it, a lot of churches do an academic calendar, which starts in September. But even if you're working kind of like January, um, January to December in a more, you know, like uh, standard way, look, mark the big things on. Christmas and Easter are definite. You know, certain key events, a lot of churches do things around Mothering Sunday and Father's Day as well. We know when things like back to school are. We know when things maybe even like uh, Christmas, you know, autumn-themed campaigns around food bank, harvest festival kind of mashups that happen these days. Yeah. Um, and those kind of things. Like, we know when those are going to happen. We should probably understand the rhythm of what our church goes through. I would genuinely say we need to have an outline for what Christmas is going to be roughly like straight after we've done Easter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the, they're the big rocks of the calendar, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, there's this um, there's this classic internet fable that goes around where a university professor, because it's always a university professor, taught, teaches their the students about time management for some reason. I don't know why they're doing this. This is probably some kind of like mathematics, you know, lecture or something. But he he tells them to put the the larger rocks in first, and then you put the little stones in, then the sand, and then the water, and it all it all goes lovely. Um, and I think that's true, but it is true, as, as twee as it may be, it is true, the big rocks of the calendar, if you think about them, yeah. then the little rocks of, you know, each Sunday or your your programs, they, they will, they'll work around that quite nicely. But, but one thing, right, I'm just going to like absolutely destroy your little example there, uh, is if you are a church right now, listen to this, looking to do your calendar, do not think that once you've put the big rocks in, that you have to have small stones, sand and water to pack every minute of yes. every day. You should only have the big rocks in there and maybe the odd little stone to add something different for what you might want to achieve. But literally, we should have space and allow things to breathe because let's face it as well, the seasons that the church primarily engages with around Christmas and Easter, which are the big ones that people who don't come to church look to us for, have very, very busy times at that same period as well. You know, people are thinking about family, you're thinking about work things and work events. We think like if you've got children and they're still at school, you've got performances to go to. You've got, you know, all these bits and pieces. Now, understandably and for the record if anybody's listening back on this in future years this is 2020 and at the moment all bets are off so it's, people will be like, thinking oh 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 that year oh no yeah not, not <laughs> yeah year. 
for, for future historians that are looking back for an example to quote, it was like, it was said, 2020, the year that all bets were off. Look, things are going to look a bit different this year. But actually, if anything, we're going to try and put things in that make it as normal as we can. But that probably means that people's time is going to be even more stretched as a result. Things are going to be socially distanced. Things are going to be paced in such a way that we can limit numbers. Let's face it, if you've got kids in school, if you're visiting people, if you've got work things, you've got those annual things that are coming up, time is already going to be precious. And probably this year, I would suggest more so. And with whatever happens as we head towards a winter period and we don't know what that will look like yet, we could end up with other restrictions in place. So we we need, like... We're at the end of August, heading into the beginning of September. If this is the first time, which it might be because, you know, things have been up in the air regarding what might be allowed and what might not be allowed, look, we need to get something down. We need to think, what are we planning? Christmas is still going to happen, whether we do an event, if whether we advertise something or not. How do we best position ourselves to serve our community and to do something that kind of you know adds back tells the story um, but allows our church to be be present with that time But we're in August 2020, so we don't know what life is going to be like in Christmas 2020 at all at the moment. So, no. could you do us the job? And the thing that will be quoted about later, could you foresee into the future, um, oh great seer, and um, tell us what you feel, what is it likely to be like in terms of restrictions, as far as you know, as best as you know? Uh, what do you think is still going to be in place by Christmas 2020 that we can think about? So I think we need to look at track record about where we are at this point. And then we need to look to what's happening in other areas, such as entertainment industry, where people actually have gathered space. That at this moment in time does not appear to be changing from current um, guidance. So we know that numbers will be limited. Um, and we know that even the number of activities you might be able to do might be reduced, such as the kind of corporate singing, things like that. So those kind of things are going to still be in effect. I think it's best at this point in time to put a plan in place about what you really want to achieve and what you really want to say through it and remain fairly agnostic to the way in which it will happen so that you've still got time to adapt should you be able to. But that we should we should plan as if the current restrictions are still in place. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because if anything, it, we thought, you know, when this started in March, we thought, oh, by the summer, it'll all be back to normal. And now by the summer, we were thinking, oh, in September, it'll all be back to normal. And then in September, we we're thinking, oh, by Christmas, it will all be back to normal. But it's not moving as fast as we 
as we thought. Um, and that does mean no. the, the good news is that there's lots of planning for Christmas that we can do already. And like you said, being, you know, tool agnostic, as it were, to uh, for, you know, for a Christian podcast to use the word agnostic is often um, uh, troublesome shall we say, but we'll say it anyway, tool agnostic, so platform ag agnostic, so whether that's live or whether that's online or, or whatever, um, let's, let's not think about that at the moment because actually if you, if you have good planning in place, it can be on any medium and it will yes. work really, really well. So, okay, so what we need to start so what, thinking about. What are you, yeah, is, it's what are you going to say that's that's the most important thing. What are we really going to be trying to say? Let's face it. By the time we get to later in 2020, and we start heading into like late November or December, and we've got a, a, a truer picture of what will be happening in the weeks ahead. Look, people have been living with this for a very long time now. In terms of you know the, the amount of a year, the percentage is just going up day by day. People people will be tired. So let's. Let's respect that as well, but also have an understanding for it that we need something that will be manageable when, when we take it forward. But, you know, when we had, you know, the early, early time of this, when churches pivoted and took stuff online almost overnight because of the first lockdown. Mm -hmm. Let's capture that mentality. Second, the fact that um, was it something like at the beginning, like one in four people because of the flood of church content that started appearing on social platforms was very you know uh very new so lots of people started to engage with it and i think it was as much as one in four people were engaging with some form of religious content through online media yes look christmas is a time notorious for people thinking about the bigger things it's also a time that's notorious for people struggling with isolation being reminded of family problems and other things that go with it so there's like a you know, uh, there's, there's, there's two sides to what that makes up. I think that's a great framework within which to kind of like create and look at how we're going to develop and do content and how we can put things out there that maintain and, you know, engage community during that period. Yeah, absolutely. OK, well, let's get uh, cracking then and thinking about the kind of pre-planning of things. Now, I have got a number of things that all begin with the letter P in front of me so if you're pre-planning everything with pre-planning must begin with p so i'm going to go should we go through these one at a time and lee you can just chip in on these the first one is purpose you need to set a purpose for your event absolutely why are we doing it that's it and and the great thing is you know we talk a lot about why you exist as a church but for an event this links into your discipleship pathway. How are you taking Absolutely. people on the journey? Is it an onboarding event? Is it, you know, where does it fit on that? And I think if, and, and knowing where it fits on, on the pathway will help you know what the purpose for that event is. It's the same with actually every event that you do as a church. It must fit on a pathway somewhere. Otherwise you don't know its purpose. So number one, set the purpose. Uh, absolutely number two the no, the second p is uh people so determine a target market now it, that's something that we talk about quite a lot lee and we know it's quite a businessy phrase target market do you want to just talk into that look there are there are there are terms 
and some, sometimes we just have to get over the use of those as, as a phrase but actually if we're going to set about something we know why we're doing it then we should also know who we're going to reach with it if we know who we're going to reach with it they are our target they are people that we are deliberately and intentionally going about trying to uh, reach with um, that material and that content and the way that we want to engage them so if we've got someone in mind and that's our focus then they are part of that target and i think you know for want of a better term let's stick with that for now but that's what we're going to do this is about who it's for that's right and i think that um if you don't set a target market you'll create a default target market and uh, there's, a, there's a thing called systems thinking where it says that the system that you've got is perfectly designed for the result that it gets. And that, if you let's put that into the people that you're aiming at, the, the event that you create is perfectly designed for the people that you're trying to aim it at. Um, and so uh, if you don't set one, what you end up doing naturally will attract the people that arrive. So if, the, if you're not... If you're not getting people that you want to arrive there, for instance, people who aren't Christians, then your target market, you've probably set it to Christian. And so having a think about what your target market is, is really, really important as a church. Okay, um, the next one is, the next P, the third P is problem. So now we know that what a target market is, we need to think about problems. Is that right? Yes. Like, what are we trying to do in the lives of those people that we're trying to reach with why we're doing it? Is essentially it. We're trying to, we're bringing an answer to something. But by doing that, we're going to sell the problem that we're solving. Is essentially how we're going about doing this. Yeah, it's, it's thinking about what are the needs in people's lives? What are they struggling with? What are they thinking about this time of the year? You know, in Christmas time of the year. And um I think that's really important. What's the problems that they, they need solving? Absolutely. Okay, um, the, let's go on to the fourth P, which is, I call it powers. And what we're really saying is, what are we good at? And Lee, speak into that, because I think we need to think about that when we're thinking about creating an event. I, I thought what we were speaking about there was you being at a stretch for a P word. Uh, but yeah no. <laughs> well I mean there, there was that I was it was a struggle to find it beginning with p so strength is normally the word but powers I just thought it worked really nicely hey look when we talk about what we're good at as a church and you know we we're probably finding that there were maybe some things that had been like almost like hidden talents at this point in time as we've moved to more online ways of doing it we've been able to pretty much take on risk-free innovation at this point in time because we can try something this way can change it next week and there's very you know very low cost to it going wrong because of the the, the pace at which we're changing stuff at the moment look powers and what we're moving to is like if, if you're if you're good at the storytelling if you're good with some of the kids work if you're if you're good with the hospitality side of things if you're good at engaging the community if you've got really great links into other organizations that reach people that are more disadvantaged at this time of year start gearing up what you're doing around those things so that you can have everybody singly focused on mission 
for what you're trying to achieve for what you're going to do this Christmas. So you could you could get all your content shaped around how you're going to help a particular group or how you're going to address a particular need. Like start looking about what your church has and how it harnesses it and what gives the best result for what you invest in. Okay, the fifth, I believe, fifth P is positioning. How is our you? Uh, how is our event unique? Yeah. Now, for something that's going to happen at Christmas, you might be wondering how you can make that unique. But I think it comes back to the other ones. It will go back down to your purpose. It will go back down to the people. It will go back down to the problem and what you're trying to solve for for individuals in all of this and for and for groups. So. How we position it is about also where we where we tell people about it, and uh, the the uniqueness is just where we, where we hook into that that feeling. This is about um, solving something that might not necessarily be a unique problem, but if if we're a church that is on mission, living in our God called mandate then we're going to have distinctives about how we're doing it. And that's about how we position ourselves and where we go from there. Great. Okay. The sixth, I believe, P is product. And so that's when we talk about product, um, it's not about, you know, a something that's packaged up and that you sell via Amazon. That's not what we're talking about. What we mean by product is the core benefit. What is the benefit you are providing to your target market? So what is this event? What is, what's the big, what's the benefit of it? What, what is it going to achieve? What's the benefit of it? Yeah. And again, you know, this year, probably more than some, I think people engage with uh, church activities, particularly around Christmas, because there's a degree of it providing some level of comfort. There's tradition. It reaches something that just makes people feel a bit calmer in, things are a bit crazy and Christmas is you know notoriously busy time and this you know this whole swell of emotions that it can bring up different people often what the church provide during that time is that little oasis um, in amongst everything I think more so than ever this year we're gonna be providing that sense of peace and hope for what has been a crazy time where there's been lots of change and transition and loss um for, for people and we'll know what that looks like in our own individual communities but like now's the time think about it now craft towards it and start being able to articulate it and work with it now while is while it doesn't matter and you've got time to change it because you're going to have to be pushing this out and working into the details of this very very soon yep great and the seventh p is provision which is what's your budget You've got to have a budget if you're going to do it. To th- think you're going to do it for nothing is is ambitious. You need to have set aside some budget, even if it's small, set aside something for it at least. Yeah. And again, if you give yourself time, you've got time to talk to your congregation and others about this. 
and maybe even raise some finance to do something that you maybe wouldn't have done otherwise. So, you know, let's not leave it last minute that then we get, you know, things dropped off or they're, they're not appropriate. If we go, hey, we've got an idea and it's going to take £2,000 to deliver gifts to every family in our neighbourhood, you've now got time to do that kind of uh, raising of funds and articulating the story and about why you're doing it and going through all of these P's as to like what you're actually trying to do. Um, and people have got time to engage with it or, you know, uh, put some money aside each week or month to go towards it rather than it being only a month's notice and it might be a lower than normal. If you give a bit more time, you can actually invest more heavily into and resource it appropriately and get people. Because let's not forget that people are, and their time needs to be budgeted in this as well. Great. Okay, so all of that is just the the pre-production work it's just the pre-planning before you actually get started and all of that you could you know any church that's listening to this you could get started today on that working out your purpose people problem powers positioning products and provision that's there's seven things that you can get started on for christmas straight away now when it comes to sort of creating an event we've got um we've got some other elements to it so the first thing to think about is the story um lee explain to us what we mean by story so in this instance what we're saying is um this isn't just about the actual story that we tell this is about how we position ourselves in it and where we position our guests and the people that we invite or the people that we're going to reach in this as well so the journey is is that they encounter us and we want them to be the center of their own story. This is about making them feel that they are central to what we are doing. So they have to encounter us, but we've got some, you know, some knowledge of this. We're going to show them a bit of a plan. We're going to give them something to show them where we're going to go. Um, and ultimately we're going to say what life with uh, our solution looks like if it succeeds and what life um, would look like if they if they didn't go for this. We're going to lay out things quite clearly for them. So this is about developing a story arc, that journey to take people on so that they are, are invested, but that it's also got that familiarity to it. The, the story arc is uh, well used in film and theatre. You know, the, you know the, 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 the hero of our story encounters some guide and the guide gives them a plan and they know what things look like and there's an inciting incident look we're using similar techniques here for the christmas story and what we want to do as a church to help our people feel um at home within what we're doing so when we talk about story and we said about people being the center of their own story shouldn't jesus be the center of the story so I think in, in this instance, what we're really saying is, is that these, these people are the center of their own story if they haven't met Jesus. They, if they don't know something else, we're, we're, we're showing Jesus as a not quite, solution sounds too rough as a term, but what we're actually doing is that we're, we're showing about who Jesus is within this context, but it's still got to revolve, revolve around individuals who haven't yet encountered him and don't maybe understand it and aren't involved like if they feel at home as being the centre of their of their story, remember, if we invite people, we are asking permission to be involved in their story. 
like we think of it as an invite to be involved in our story but that's that's actually quite a gap people don't always feel directly um aligned to that and it's sometimes a bit of a jump and some make it and some don't whereas actually if we get ourselves involved in their story and in position ourselves as a guide it's much more simple for me to say to someone hey that thing that you've just talked about is a thing that I understand well and I have been through but this is where Jesus was involved in my life and how I came to change my view on that understand that overcome that live with that and how now I do life with Christ at the center that's the example that I'm going to give I'm trying to find the permission to give my uh, example my plan to somebody but it's actually helping them understand they're still the center of their own story they are the center of their own world with everything that they've got going on it is about them and I think that Jesus would say to them if he if he was here and he was stood with them he would still make it about them and their situation he would address what they were going through directly and I think with with story structure um any film that you watch the opening scene and the and the final scene are normally mirror images of each other but they're mirror mm. but, but opposite well which is what mirror images um they are mirror images of each other so we're taking people from a a self-centered worldview where they feel like they're themselves and we want to take them to a a point where they where they go through a transformation to start seeing that Jesus is the center of their worldview mm. and actually that's and that's when Jesus becomes the you know it's like the hero's hero almost they they become the savior to that hero that they that they need but when we're interacting with people they always consider themselves their own hero so we need to start yeah. with where where they're at absolutely yeah and if you listen to this, it sounds like, you know, maybe like oversimplifying something that you're right. It, that's exactly what we're doing. We're simplifying something for the most impact we can get for the amount of information we can put out that will reach our target. And from there, we're going to let Jesus do his work and change hearts and, you know, and, 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 and do, do all of those kind of things. This is, like actually let's not let's not put all of the change responsibility on ourselves let's do that introduction and help people stay at the center of their own story and then we'll, we'll show them what it is with christ in their life Okay, so the next thing, after we've worked out the story, then we can work out what we're going to call the event. I think a name's really important. We often think that a name's not important, but naming something actually is the thing, especially when we're talking in an online context as well. It's the thing that's going to make them click the link yep. in reality. So having, you've got to have a compelling name. You have what... Go on, Chris. Have you got have you got something else for this? It's got to be gone. It's got to be short. It's got to be memorable. You've got to be able to have people repeat it. It's you know you want that thing that that will entice, but it's also got to have enough description so that people know what they're coming to. 
And, you know, and when you've done that, tip it upside down, look at the reflection, check it in a number of different fonts and make sure it doesn't say something else or be misconstrued to be something that it isn't. Like, you know, check it out. But again, keep it simple, keep it clear. Don't try to be too clever. Come up with something that actually is what it is. Yeah, and uh, a great piece of advice that I was always given was that if if you come up with a name for something and someone has to say, what's that? And so let's say you call it, um, I don't know, uh, Divine Encounter or something like that. Everyone goes, well, what's that? Oh, it's our Christmas program. Well, you might as well just call it the Christmas program. You know, so think about the name, but it's got to pass this, what I class as the Captain Obvious test, where... Yeah. People are going to look at it and they've got to understand it's a Christmas event by just by looking at the title. If you just make it too abstract, and we do this all the time in church world, we you know, call our prayer meetings breathe or um, resonate or something like that. And, and we, we like these kind of things. Well, they sound like trance albums from the 1990s. But, <laughs> um, but um, actually, um, just keep it simple. If it's a yeah. you know if, you know if it's a prayer night, call it a prayer night. If it's you know if it's Christmas, sometimes just calling it something that's really obviously Christmas related makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and and no joke, people who don't come to church very often or or who are looking for something to do at Christmas, like be honest with them. If you're going to do something, say what it is. They don't want to feel that they've been bait and switched that it's a hook and then that they're learning and it's something different when they get there make it make it clear so that they they know what they're coming to it's about being honest it's also respecting who we're inviting yeah absolutely okay so after we've found the name we could start thinking about a design theme so theme is the, is the next one and I think this is really important because at some point you're going to need to get a designer involved, hopefully. Um, I mean, th that's always a, a, a help, you know, to get someone who's good at designing things. Uh, I, I, I'm laughing whilst I'm saying this because I know how terrible I am at designing things. Hey, look, there are tools out there these days that, you know, like, you know, there are lots out there and others are available. But there's even things like Canva. Uh, which is like a tool for developing social media posts and other types of content. But actually, it standardizes very simply some themes and ideas and colors and things that allows you to get maybe uh, uh, an, an increase on, um, on what you would normally do. Um, so if, you, if, you, if you're used to using Word and clip art and whatever fonts are installed, something like canva is a great step up if you can't afford an actual designer to get involved with your project but there are now actually some good online tools that allow you just to get some consistency but also look quite professional with what you output and it will help you format for different types of media such as facebook and instagram as well as your website and you know well saying that we're probably not doing many newsletters these days thank goodness um because we're doing them digitally and online and we're not handing out things to people so um look things things are out there um if you if you do need some help with that but you don't have that kind of budget 
Um, but yeah, maybe maybe stray away from some of the cheesy clip art and uh, and 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 fonts that are available, and actually look to what what would be a differentiator. This is back to making ourselves look unique in this area. Yeah, and it's worth even if you're designing it yourself to write a design brief, and that is basically give the story of the of the event, the journey that you're taking people on, give them the name. And then any design ideas. So if, you know, if you're talking about, say, you know, the grace of God coming at Christmas through in Jesus, you know, maybe you want to highlight presence or something like that, you know, the, the presence aspect of Christmas. And so there's, there's something that's a, a lead for the, for the designer, whether that's in-house or out of house, to be able to start making some creative decisions based on it. And maybe some colors and some ideas, um, a mood board can be really, really helpful. And even if you're doing it yourself, doing that, in, that for yourself will help you create something that's focused. Otherwise, if you've got no restrictions on design work, it gets really, really difficult to know what to do. We work better within the lines, absolutely. 100%. Okay, so now we've worked out the theme. The next is the, the program. We're actually at the program of working out what that is. But the good thing here is, Lee, is that we don't actually have to think about, you know, is that going to be live or online even yet? We can still work out the program. Yeah, this, this is exactly it. We're going to look at the things and think of this more of a curation exercise. There are key things that we want to get in. Then how we end up, doing them um we can maybe leave a little bit later and see how things develop or if we're going to you know like record or create some video or if we're going to get some stock content or use other material from other places think about actually now we've got you know with the story and the name and the theme that we're going for start putting the program together we're going to need obvious things like welcome we're going to need introductions and we're going to need to like tell people let's put Always remember to add in things in the program at the end that tell people next steps of what's coming up. Leave them with an invite to your future stuff that you're going to do January onwards and ways to connect with you. Look, there are standard things here. Just get them all down and, uh, you know, we can work out what the, what the actual format and logistics of them is uh, later on. But for now, let's just get all of that documented and, uh, and work to that. Yep, great. The next thing is to start thinking about what provision you're going to give for kids. So there are some Christmas programs where, you know, kids are the center of the program and it's based around, you know, maybe a nativity or something like that. Sometimes it's a uh, an event that's geared more towards adults. And so you need to think about kids provision. But I think being really intentional about that is going to really help. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, get keep an eye on uh, what you're going to do, you've obviously got track of how many children are currently engaging with your with your curriculum as a church. Uh, start looking at that now. The more you can do from the further out, the better it will be nearer the time as you as you as you move that on, and start to have think through some of those logistics. Like there are you know the school aspect of like year groups and bubble groups. Um, like there are there are leads that we can take on this as well to help us think this through to just keep an eye out to what's happening in our locations and take a take a view from the parents in your church and ask them what the schools are doing as well as you as you look to make an appropriate provision um, so that it's it, that it's safe um, as well great 
the next thing is to think about the time. Now, I think this is probably one of the most least thought about things in in church world, but actually we need to really need to have a think about it. And it will change whether you're doing it online or live, but it's worth thinking about it because I think, you know, I I come from a church where if there's an evening meeting, I don't even need to think about the time. It's always 7.30. It's just, so I, if, if, some, if someone says to come around at six o'clock on an evening, if we're seeing friends or something and they say, come around at six, I'm a bit confused because it should be 7.30. Um, so but it's because I'm- Christian meantime. Christian o'clock, I think is what we call it. Yeah. Um, and, um, but actually we just don't really think a lot about when's the best time and actually there's a lot more work especially when you're thinking about online about what is the best time to post a video what's the best time to upload these things what's the best time to send an email out all those things are worth taking in into account and finding optimum times is really helpful going to be online material which i think a lot of people will end up with at least some online material as we approach christmas this year is um don't tie it to a specific time by mentioning it in the material make sure that you remain neutral so if people are watching it later or earlier or on a different day it doesn't say things like hey glad to have you here with us this sunday at four o'clock when they're watching it on a Tuesday at three. Those kind of things. Sounds simple, so easily done. But let's uh let you know make sure that it that it's adhering to those things as well. Yep, great. The next thing is place. Where will it actually take place? And I think at this moment in time, this is one that you probably can leave blank because we just at the moment we don't know. Yeah, and we've got churches in different scenarios. You know, like we've got my own church. We are we rent a space uh, from a from a school, and we actually have no ability to rent that space this year. Um, it's just it's just off blanket statement. No 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 hiring of that place. So we know that we are at this point in time going to be doing like pretty much all online material, aside from maybe something that we're going to attempt to do as a kind of like more outreach or engaging with other groups so that we can have a connection to something else within our town so that's that's a thing to think through but even then if you're going to do it in a physical space start start thinking early about what measures need to be in place the pressure on your stewards and volunteers to actually make sure things run smoothly especially with guests and the fact that you have to track and trace people and maybe need to do some form of like ticket system if they were coming to a physical venue that's a lot to think through this year as you put that out not only are you inviting people you're also now asking them to sign up so that you can almost ticket it and manage the throughput of individuals so there's a lot of logistics behind all of that and actually if you for what your church is trying to do as you put this together, you might actually direct that you go one route or the other because of the logistics and the resourcing issues that are involved. Yeah, that's right. 
And if, if you're thinking about reopening your building, uh, we have a little thing to help with that. Am I right, Lee? Yes, we do. Uh, we've got some resources that we've put together uh, which deal with reoccupation of your building uh, from taking your church office and your staff teams and your volunteer teams back into a space for doing the day to day to how to take people back into the church space and how you deliver your your services, um, such as your prayer meetings and your, your the, the Sunday gatherings. So we've got those materials available. Hey, check us out on social media, follow up on our website. Um, or drop us an email and we'd be glad to point you in the direction of where they're available. There's a mixture of free resources to help you get on your way if you know a little bit about what you're doing through to some uh, paid for um, options that are also done with our sister organisation at Church Office, helping provide support within the administration of them. And that's a good place to have a uh, lo-fi hip-hop interlude, I think. Um, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's talk about promotion so that oh and actually before we get on to that um before we got to promotion i'll cut this bit out let's talk about price that's the uh, is, it, is it is it another p chris it's a it's a p but it's not within the sphere of the pre-planning p's this is um because <laughs> we've had place already in the creating the event and this is and we've also had program and kids provision but this one is price because actually you need to think about how much you're going to charge for the event because if you're going to charge if yes but i think free is still a price that's it's worth remembering that um great quote i like I think, that i think that's i put that on a a billboard somewhere uh free is definitely still a price because um what it's it talks about investment as well because you're you set an investment level when you set a price so setting a price is not often about going we need the money to be able to run the event Sometimes it's about going, okay, what level of involvement do we want? And that's where price can be really helpful because people that pay for it are more invested because they've literally invested their money in it. So it is worth yeah. thinking about what you want to charge for that event. If it is nothing, then that's absolutely fine. But be intentional about setting that pricing oh, strategy. And be clear. I went to a Christmas event at a church last year taking my uh taking just my daughter actually and uh it was advertised as a free event with things that were going on but when i got there yes entrance to it was free but everything you had to interact with was paid for so free admittance but it wasn't free to do anything yeah and and it wasn't clear and i don't carry change and they didn't accept card so it was uh then managing the emotions of a small child uh, and their expectations of what we could and could not manage then to take part in and why we were bypassing all of like the drink stands and those kind of things. Look, be clear, be upfront and be honest. People expect to pay something as well. They, like if it's free admittance and there's free things to do, that's absolutely fine. But if you're hot dog stall or, you know, you're selling roasted chestnuts, look, literally if there's a price on them, tell people up front what to bring but also be aware this year people carrying change less likely so maybe think of a way that you might be able to take card or process payments um, and do stuff like that or selling tickets in advance that give people the option to pay up front for things so look bear all of that in mind 
you uh, you lost me at chestnuts because I love I love roasted chestnuts. <laughs> For me, that that maketh Christmas. Um, so, uh, so yes, I think keep for for the sake of people who love chestnuts keep them at a, a decent price because you know they're good great I, I i'm for this i've just got this i've got this imagine in my mind now that you've got your very own kind of just house-wide christmas event that you're planning where you're going to have some kind of like roasted chestnut vendor turn up just to serve in your driveway that would be pretty much perfection i think um my wife does not like chestnuts so that's even better for me because it's just more chestnuts to go around um but i have no real way of cooking them now you have to do them because i used to have a a log fire which sounds it wasn't as you know it wasn't as upper market as it sounds um it was just we had a, a log burner in our old house but in our new house we we don't have one so i think you've got to put them in the oven or something i don't quite know how you do that so maybe a vendor would be helpful to do the chestnuts. Chris, we will find a way to help you make a fire. Like I'm sure you've got the space or the, the within within your garden that we that we could do this. So like again, back to anybody listening, like suggestions for Chris on to you know improved ways to home roast chestnuts. <laughs> I think that that is I'm I'm all I'm all up for that. Yeah, give me the suggestions. Okay, so the final. Uh, aspects of thinking about Christmas we've done pre-planning we've done creating the event the last thing is promotion and you've got to promote the events you can't just you know it's not the field of dreams you can't no. you can't just build it and they will come um if you build it your your fa church faithful will come but unless you promote it they will not come I, I've it's such an interesting thing when you're talking about church and marketing and this is from someone that studies marketing. And I've heard lots of people talk in church world talk quite disparagingly about marketing. And what they don't realize is that marketing happens whether you like it or not. Um, yes. And this, you know, actually I heard a disparaging comment about from an author who was very, very famous and was excellent at marketing, talking about how much he hated church and marketing together. Um, and um, it made me chuckle a little bit because the irony of it is actually all churches need to do marketing. So we need to get better at, at doing that. And the first thing that we can do to get better at that is by creating something called a marketing funnel. Uh, Lee, do you want to have a go at explaining what that is? I was about to say, Chris, do you want to explain that? To okay, okay. No. I, I, I'm happy to go on that. Basically, <laughs> what you want to do is you want to take people on a journey from awareness of the event yeah. through to booking a ticket or whatever that thing is you're buying a ticket booking a ticket whatever it is and you're going to take them on a journey and you want to take them from awareness to interest to consideration and then to purchase you've yeah. got to help them take steps and that means that you've got to provide things which are outside of the product itself which are going to which are free they need to be free things that are going to help people interact with it and uh and take next steps really towards booking the event or buying the ticket or whatever it is yeah so they are, it's like your social media posts fit in there and they will link through to things like you know if you're using youtube videos or if you know a podcast like we're doing today is a great way of being able to 
help people take next steps. And, uh, and so you want to create a buzz around the events that people are talking about it and you need to find ways to help people make those steps. Sometimes it's your website is often a really important way of being, so if you can link people from social media to the websites and the website to be able to purchase, it's helping people move along those steps. one of those things as well it sometimes sounds a bit businessy maybe sounds a bit dry but look this this is actually dealing with human behavior um and these things are quite well proven and they're things that we should hook into as to how they can help us um do this better and, that, and that's what it's about yeah so after after that then and we're looking at those uh the, the marketing funnel and the channels that we do it on is there anything we need to consider about where we place this and what we do with the promotion? So this is when we're thinking about channels, well, then we need to be thinking about, okay, so what, what medium do we want to use um, to promote the event? So that's thinking about social media, it's thinking about you know, YouTube, it's thinking about your website, all those things are channels to be able to get the message of the event to people and each each format each channel needs the right communication for the channel you what you don't want to do is just sort of blanket things across all of them um you want to nuance it for each one that mean, might mean making sort of minor changes uh, it could be making individual posts for each social media channel but you definitely want to think about what channels you're using and um and tailor it to each channel Absolutely. And so when it comes to sign up at the end of that process, and we'll say sign up as in sort of like, you know, that commitment from somebody that they're going to come. Like, let's say at, the, at this point in time, we are believing that we're still going to have to like track individuals if they came to our premises. Um, we, we know that so we're going to have to have something from them so that then we know. And then when they arrive, kind of a way to check them in to make sure that it was those, the people that signed up, that their details are still correct, that we can contact them should we have to later etc etc uh we need to think through where we're going to put that are we using an independent service to do that for us are we building that functionality into our own uh you know like database our church management system like start thinking through right now how you're going to collate and manage that amount of information how you're going to handle data protection how you're going to convince people why you're taking it why did you want my details to do this, but now you're contacting me about that? You know, be clear, get a plan in place, do this well. Because that, yeah, you know, people, people are often nervous enough about handing over data. So, you know, make sure that we're doing this properly. Yeah, absolutely. And there's loads of different services for signing up online. You know, there's the classic Eventbrite. But then there's other ones where there's, you know, there are church-specific software like Church Suite, they have sign-up options using things like Stripe uh, for payments. Uh, so there's so many different options now that you can use to sign up. I think the the old days, especially for an event like this, of just turning up and just seeing who turns up is just no longer 
a helpful thing because I think having people sign up is the best way of being able to track, especially in you know in COVID nineteen world. If you if we are if you are running live in person services, then you need to have tickets booked and know who's going to be coming before they arrive, so you can make the correct provisions. Hmm. Absolutely. So there we are. That's so we've done pre planning. We've done creating the event and we've done promotion. Um, Lee, any final thoughts on on this? Um, I was going to say uh, that it was a, a cracker. Ah, oh, yes. Terrible. Yes, a cracker. Very good. I'm trying to yeah. think now of, of any other ones. Um, I can't think of any. Uh, I, I think by this point, straight after that, anybody listening has already switched off. No, no, they're, they're, they're waiting for now the dad-like puns of, of you and I to now continue to r- roll. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm stuck there. I can't think of any more. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think on that we should, uh, we, sh- we should probably end it. Yes. But it's, uh, <laughs> hey, look, look there's, there's enough there to get people thinking about what it is to put on an event such as this now the principles that are there hold for like any time, even when we're not during like, you know, pandemic. Um, so there's a lot there that will hold regardless. So that, that's great. Some of it is timeless. But look, it's about giving yourself appropriate levels of lead time, starting early, planning well, giving it the right resource, best chance of success, allowing us to do our best. And that actually brings glory to God by us doing all of those things together. This is about helping your church thrive at a time like this this is about seeing you serve the community around you and uh, those who are yet to encounter Jesus it's about reaching them and doing it in such a way that we we do it we do it well and it honors them and it respects people's time um let, let's aim to like actually in, increase and do better than we've ever done before this year despite all of the challenges that we may be facing that's our commitment we want to help you um, but ultimately, this is about building kingdom and about reaching people. So, uh, you know, let's let's get about that. While and we've got lots of time before Christmas starts, and so let's get on. Brilliant. Thanks, Lee. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. And uh, just want to remind you just before we go that uh, you can get 20% off if you pre-book facilitation for 2020. Uh, Just another quick thing is that uh, watch this space because we will be launching membership soon, which is all of our facilitation on video for a monthly price or a yearly price. So keep your eyes peeled for that. We will see you again for another podcast next week. Take care.